0: I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I'm also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Be sure to check out our website and sign up for our newsletter for the latest on the podcast. Today is part two of two where we are talking to Laura John about her novels. After today, you will have heard about starting your writing career as an adult, writing to help your mental health, letting your characters do the talking, getting your books and audio, navigating your career after chaos, finding the software that works best for you, the importance of building a community, and revealing details in your story when it's necessary for the story. Summer Dreams Age is just a number. Or is it... Jacks? Growing up, I had it all. I never had to want for anything. Everything was great, and I had a family who cared. But getting tangled up with the wrong crowd ruined that. For years, I lived in addiction, battling the constant need for my next hit and doing shady things. Someone saw more than that wasted addict and helped me get my life back together... With dedication and sheer hard work, I'm finally in a good place. At 40, I own a bar. My bar and my employees are what keep me focused. I let nothing come between me and what I treasure. Until a small man with light and sass threatens everything I believe. When Kev comes into the picture, though, I realize sometimes addiction and obsession are one and the same. He works his way into the very fiber of my being, burrows in my soul. I'm starting to feel things I thought I had buried years ago coming back to the surface. I want him, but he's 21 years younger than me, and everything I'm not. Kevin, my plans are set. The moment I turn 18, I'm off to see anything outside this small NC town, I'd escape the sleepy, closed minds and search for acceptance and love elsewhere. Funny thing about declaring plans. Sometimes the universe has other ideas. Despite myself, I find love, support, and even a family amid the small-town community. Finding my forever family, I realized I can't leave. They're helping me grow and be the person I want to be. Growing my wings, I find Jacks, Grumpy? No nonsense, Silver Fox bar owner. He's my opposite. Cold, brooding, and distant. But something about him draws me in. Unfortunately, he wants nothing to do with me because of my age. Or maybe because our courtship started with a lie. Once he finally lets his guard down and pulls his head out of his ass, we start to explore our relationship. Just as everything starts leading in the direction we both want. Our fresh romance has turned on its head. Can I keep Jax beside me? Or are we bound to break apart? See, I'm like, so because I do so much royalty share audiobooks, I'm kind of like a few of the authors that I've ha- like gotten a good relationship with. I'm like, I'm going to use you. Like, I'm doing your books for nothing oh, up front. So, like, if you're willing to and have the time to, would you please also help me? <laughs>
1: like, Well... And that's really similar with my relationship with my, uh, with my sensitivity reader, like for my MM romances, he, um, has done all of my sensitivity reading for free. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know that that's not how most people do it. Um, he's just been super amazing. And this year he has decided like, he's right now indie published with, um, with like an indie publishing house, but he mm-hmm. is going to be starting to do like self-publishing, which I'm so excited for him. Um, So he's going to be self-publishing some of his own books. Uh, like and um, But he was like, how do I format? And I was like, I've got you. I will format for you for free.
0: Yeah, that's the, that's the next thing. So one of my authors, I'm pretty sure, I haven't actually asked her. I'm pretty sure she just uses ProWritingAid. I don't think she pays an editor. I'm not 100% on that though. Um, but like she's learned how to like do formatting and stuff like that. I'm like, I have a Mac so I can do vellum like I know that's a thing, but also like I have to learn how to use it.
1: I would as someone who currently uses Atticus, I would highly recommend vellum. um I like Atticus. <laughs> I do like Atticus, but I find I've Atticus, heard it's,
0: it's a little beta it's like a little it's not quite sometimes. developed yet, yeah, yeah
1: um. I got it for a great price. Um, because that was the reason that I was like going between the same the two, because I also have a Mac, so I was like, I can do Vellum. Mm-hmm. Um, but Vellum is like double the price of Atticus, I think. Mm-hmm. And
0: um, realistically, though, for someone who's putting out as many books as you are, <laughs> you're not paying for it for every single book. <laughs> <so>. No. <laughs>
1: um, but before so my love in sienna um monster in the shadows and my sentinel protection duology all of those books um were edited by a friend of mine um and like obviously i paid for her editing but then she kind of like threw in formatting for me for free like just kind of like in with my like price Mm -hmm. and so she formatted all of my books And she used Bellum. And they're also gorgeous and also amazing. But then um, she had to, for physical health and mental health reasons, she had to take a step back from editing. So I Mm -hmm. found a new editor. And then that's when I started doing my own formatting. I also think I did a great job. I'm actually really happy with my Sultry Summer Series formatting. I think it's super cute. (laughs) (laughs) But Atticus likes to give me a headache a lot of the time. See, I don't
0: have time for headaches. I need the one that's, like, well-developed. Well, plus, me and my husband are both writing. So, like, pro-writing aid, I paid for the lifetime membership. But we, like, on our taxes, we're going to split that cost because I downloaded it onto his computer and it is on my computer. They do not, as long as it has the same login, we're in the same household, that is fine with me. Well, if they ask questions, I'll just lie. Like, let's
1: be real. No, I. I mean, it's accurate though. (laughs) Yeah, same Um, household.
0: He just has my login. Actually, I use the web version. He has the downloaded version.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, if somebody like didn't have the money for Vellum, mm -hmm. excuse me. Sorry. Um. I do recommend Atticus. It is decent, and you will like. You just have to mess around with it a bit more. As like I mean I'm now four books books done on it five books if we include JPs um <laughs> done <laughs> on it um so I am figuring it out now um mm-hmm. and it's not quite as like I've just heard Vellum is a little bit more easier yeah yeah. And you can also, for sure, do more things on Vellum. Like, you can insert, um, like, the fonts that you have paid for. You can, like, put those into Vellum um, and use it, like, in the document. Whereas, like, Atticus, you have to, like, insert images. Like, if you're going to use a personal, like, a a font that you Mm -hmm. paid for. Yeah. um, like that
0: makes sense. I can quite easily tell which ones have been formatted which ways based on how my PDFs copy over into Word or not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've definitely had some that word was like, "We don't know what these are." Words are we? We don't. We don't know what these words are. These these aren't words. <laughs> like, what are words? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: exactly. And it's because it's an image, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I have one. Auth- so typically in my narrating process, I take mostly. I get PDFs from authors, so I'll take the PDF and convert it to a word so that right. I can get the word counts for each chapter. So I know like how many chapters I need to narrate each day to finish on time. And That's there's so like smart. one one author I've narrated for that I did that conversion thing. And occasionally there's like a couple words that get like changed or whatever, but the word count's going to be mostly accurate. I, one author I narrate for, it completely changes all of her words. None of her <laughs> words are actual words anymore. It like Oh. random letters and I'm like I have no so she has to provide me the word counts for her chapters because I'm like it doesn't work I've tried converting it like five different ways and it just doesn't work and, like I'm like here's screenshots of like the random gibberish I'm getting <laughs>
1: like See, these are not words <laughs> yeah no that's crazy yeah my new editing team they um because I use word usually to write in Mm -hmm. Um, but then also like my alphas we usually use google docs to kind of communicate back and forth like Mm -hmm. notes and stuff but my new editing team they use word um but it's kind of great because then i have like at the end of everything i have a really clean word document and then i just upload it into atticus and it's Mm -hmm. great and um but then also, if someone like you needs a Word document, I'm like, I got you.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: There's a clean Word document.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. Both me and my husband write in Google Docs so that we can do whatever. But the version that the other people are commenting on and stuff is a like, copied version of. Yes. It's so, like they're not in my actual version. No. <laughs> Plus, I have them set up on commenting only, not editing rights. So. Right. Yeah. So what is the biggest piece of advice, I, I should say, I'm going to start doing, what is the worst piece of advice you've gotten and the best piece Ooh. of advice you've gotten?
1: Oh, goodness, that's tricky. Um, I think the best piece of advice I've gotten was to make sure... Um. Like, first of all, like that you have good editing, but um, to make sure you build a community, to have people that you can connect with, that you can soundboard off of, that, Mm -hmm. you know, are in similar processes of life. And I know that's not always the easiest thing to do. And I have, you know worked my way through multiple different like groups of people Mm because I feel like sometimes as you grow you'll grow in different directions and that's Mm -hmm. okay that's nothing to do that's not saying we had a fallout that's not saying we're not friends anymore it's just saying we moved in different directions Mm -hmm. and you know life happens yeah and um but Having people you can connect with and like share this journey with, I think, is really important and it's been really good for my my mental health. Oh, I mm-hmm. stuck there. Um, but and then I think the worst piece of advice I've been given is oh, I don't know, like I don't necessarily know what like bad advice I've been given. Oh, that's a tricky one. Um I mean, I think the worst piece of advice I've been given is that it costs $10,000 to do it <laughs> yourself. Yeah. Uh do your think, own research on that. Yeah. One. <laughs> but also, I didn't know how to do the research on that one at the time. And um so I think that's also why it's great to have com- community and like different mm-hmm. people like because then you can go to them cuz sometimes just googling something doesn't necessarily give you the information that you need, especially in indie writing circles and stuff. There Mm -hmm. are some great blogs that, you know, do things, but um, some people still really like to gatekeep things. And so... I think um,
0: TikTok has been, like, the most informative for me. Like, I've only been narrating, like, a year and a half. Um, And I stumbled into it because I was searching for ways to make money from home instead of, you know, sitting on my couch reading, not making money. And of (laughs) course, like, if I'm reading all the time, I'd like to get paid for that. So I'm, like, searching for, like... I don't know, hashtag like work from home or something like that, and stumbled across make a thousand dollars an hour narrating audiobooks. And I'm like, okay, that's clearly clickbait. But then I immediately searched audiobook narrators and found Natalie Nottis and um, Tom Voiceover and at the time Paige and Ruthie and all of them were like all starting about the same time that I did. So like yeah. none of us really had any any advice for the others, but um, they both uh, both Natalie and Tom both had like here's how to like build out your booth and get started on ACX and like all of this like the basics of narrating that like would help. and I never am like, I'm a professional because I have like, I don't even know how many audiobooks 60 at this time. I have no idea. Right. I'm That's just like, amazing. I have a lot of audiobooks. And <laughs> like <laughs> last year, my my roundup was so big, but I'm like, I did when I started fiction, I did a lot of like novella length ones. So I'm like, it's a little deceptive when like most of those were like 30,000 or less words, but, but
1: no, it's, a lot. it's still. <laughs> It's still, though, like, books. I mean, it's like yeah. the authors who write those novella-length like books because there are some authors who only write novella-length books. Mm-hmm. And they're putting out, like, a book a month. And their reader base loves that. And, yeah.
0: um I think so I... for me, so, like, for me and my husband's books, I'm like, it does not matter because neither one of us planned to b- trad pub. We're both, like, we're just going to self-pub and Never. call it a day. Um, but I'm like, for both of us, it's like, it does not matter how big your book is as long as you have told the story that needs to be told you haven't left things out you haven't added a bunch of random crap in that doesn't need to be there like for (laughs) example the book i'm currently writing is a christmas based book like it is going to start christmas at christmas time and so like there's a bunch at the beginning of what you would expect from a christmas book her reminiscing about christmas's past and pulling out the decorations and decorating the house like things you would expect in a christmas book and also like I'm pulling a lot from my life for that. Like, what do I what did I love about Christmas right. growing up? Like, so there's, you know, two very short chapters on like them decorating the house. But it also draws into the like, how does she get a hold of this journal that's going to, you know, whatever. Right. So, you know, it's a lot of it. it's there for a purpose. So I'm like, if yes. you can tell your story in 30,000 words, great. If it takes 150, 200,000 words to get your story done do that.
1: (laughs) I am of the same like mindset. I have always said, I don't want to add words, just add words. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like adding fluff. Um, I'm not like, that's not my writing style and I don't like it. I also, um, in what I consider, I think most people fall into two categories usually in their writing you're either okay. an underwriter or an overwriter um so overwriters are the people who write so many words and then their editor Tolkien. like cuts a crap ton Tolkien. and yeah or like <laughs> but like you write so many words and then when it gets to editing your editor's like don't need this don't need that cut 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 mm-hmm. um whereas i'm an underwriter so i typically forget to put in like extra descriptions and this kind of stuff (laughs) so when it gets to editing process even or like my alphas they're like can we have more can we have descriptions here how did she
0: feel here what did he do there (laughs) so when book one that i paused to book two that's book one was like dialogue 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 with like mm -hmm. no like the description was so basic of like you had to know what the building looked like to make this scene make sense. Where yeah. this other book it's like I'm sitting in the dust on the floor in the attic digging through like the christmas ornament boxes to decide do we want to do this one or that one or like it's a lot more. I'm right. like I'm like telling
1: my husband I'm like I'm a thousand words in and I haven't used any dialogue yet. <laughs> and see like as a reader um like obviously description is necessary mm-hmm. but then I feel like some people over describe things yeah I don't care that there's a tiny dent in the wall unless like you know maybe it's pertinent that, to the story that's important. <laughs> yeah. but it's like most of the time like I don't care about that so why are you <laughs> yeah. telling me about that and as a reader I skim those parts and so as an author, I don't want to put a ton of that in. But then my readers are like or editors are like, "Um, no, we definitely need that here. And I'm yeah. like, fine. Mine, like- I'm
0: trying to like ride the line of like there needs to be enough description where you know what the character's feeling and doing and all yeah. of that. So like that needs to be there. But then I'm like. You know, we've talked about the dad and how he's like his own boss and all this. And then I'm a little ways in before I even like decide to pick like, what does the dad's job do? And then it like it needed to be there for like something I was about to say in the story. So it's like, what job would work well for this whole thing that I've described so far?
1: <laughs> right. I've also done things like that, even with my most recent book that I'm currently like working on. Um, I clearly had set up that there's like this crazy thing happening in the background of the story and um in my head I had kind of figured out who like the bad guy was gonna be Mm -hmm. but I didn't have like their motive yet and I was getting to like a part like in the story where I'm like okay I really need their motive or I can't continue forward because like, why are they doing yes. this? There has to be a motive. Yes, and um... my
0: my daughter picked my bad guy, so. Cause fairy fairy tale based, so my daughter picked the fairy tale villain. We're gonna go with oh, I love for the series.
1: (laughs) Ah, that's so amazing. She's like,
0: I'm like explaining it to her and my husband, and she's like, "What about this one?" And I'm like, "That would be great," but it's like one I won't reveal who it actually is until like way like you know several books into the series. Same, (laughs) like like, I'm not gonna you know the creaky creepy cackly laugh or something (laughs) like like (laughs) glimpses until. It needs to be revealed who it is. Right. <laughs> <It's> like
1: <laughs> Well, even after I reveal who like the bad guy is in the book, another like bad guy ends up like being like the bad bad guy. And yeah. uh, you don't like you don't <laughs> see bad. that <laughs> the big bad. you don't see that coming kind of till like way farther on. Um and and then I still do like crazy things. I just made my uh alpha reader cry. And <laughs> And I was like, uh, "I'm sorry." She's like, "No, you're not." I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> "That is, I did my job correctly. We're good." <laughs> exactly. I guess her kids came into like the room and they're like, oh, "Are you no. okay? <laughs> <laughs> Are you crying?" And she's well, like, "Leave me like...
0: alone." So, I left chapter two, like I said, off on a cliffhanger of like, and then I, you know, opened the journal up or whatever. And like the exact reaction that I wanted was, What's in the journal? <laughs> That's exactly what my best friend said. And I'm like, We got it.
1: <laughs> well, that was like, so Summer Dreams that just released two days ago um, is a little bit more suspenseful than the rest of the books in the Sultry Summer series. And like I said, by Alphas Get the Book. Mm-hmm. Chapter by chapter. So at the end of one chapter, they're just like, oh my goodness, this is the biggest cliffhanger ever. <laughs> and then I got sick. So then oh, they had no. to wait three days <laughs> to get anything else. Cause I was like just See, why are waiting and...
0: like a week or two for chapters? So like a few
1: days. <laughs> well, they normally, like when I'm actively writing. Get at least one to two to sometimes more chapters a day. Okay. So for for them, a (laughs) a few days there, and especially like leaving them on a cliffhanger. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Like, was this the
1: end of the book? (laughs) I'm not an author who writes cliffhangers in my books because they're all interconnected standalones. Every book that I have written has a happily ever after, all Mm -hmm. of them. But like, the joy that I got from, like, leaving them on a cliffhanger, like, my alpha readers, I was like, maybe one day I will write a series with a cliffhanger.
0: Yeah, I, will, I will get into thriller and suspense just for one series.
1: Or, like, dark, right? Like, dark romance. Oh, yeah.
0: I like... <laughs> my relationship is definitely not dark romance but i do like me a good dark romance like
1: (laughs) Um, doesn't like i love a good dark romance i mean i only have one written and i don't know if i will go back into writing dark but i definitely am kind of going like into slightly more suspenseful um just to give people a little bit more thrills. Um and it's been super fun writing when it. It helps um, to
0: keep them reading too if there's like something that they're trying to figure out that's yes. helps move the story forward as well. So
1: <laughs> Exactly. Oh, exactly. And it's been super fun to write. Like I kind of have loved the suspense aspects in the last 3 books that I've written. Um and I'm just trying to like Find like I guess my happy place again because the sultry summer series like at least the first three books in it um were a lot more like light and fluffy with still a lot of spice like don't get me wrong this is not a sweet romance none of my books are closed door you are getting full (laughs) spice um but they were like lighter and fluffier and then um Well, the first two are extremely like light, fluffy, super spicy, but I would say like not a lot of super angst or super like crazy things happening. Mm -hmm. Summer memories. I like it was definitely like a lot more emotional, a lot like more angsty. And then summer dreams was angsty and suspenseful and kind of crazy. And I think people are going to be like, what? (laughs) But I also think they're going to really love it. I'm slightly concerned, though, that people are going to start with summer dreams and then go to read Long Summer Nights and be like, wow, this is... like <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, you have to have that if they're interconnected. You have to have, like, they can't all be the same relationship. You have to change Whoa. it up. Like, they're all different people. Some people are more angsty than others. Yes,
1: exactly. And I think that that was my goal in this series, too. Um, also writing a small town that people would like actually kind of want to live in was like my goal with that series Mm. as well. Um, Like, yeah, there's um, a few people who are like bigots and, you know, jerks and homophobes, because that's life. But the core people and like the core people that we follow in this story, they're just like super loving and super accepting and they don't care who you are or who you love, or what color your skin is. And, you know, just people I would want to be friends with, because that's kind mm-hmm. of who I am. Like, I yeah. I don't judge you based on, you know, any of those things. I will, however, judge um, if you don't put your shopping cart away. Uh, <laughs> or <laughs> if you don't, like, tip at a restaurant. Like, those are the things I'm judging
0: on. <laughs> okay, if you don't tip at a restaurant, that just tells me you've never worked in a service job before. Because, like, I have to say, and I was a kid when I worked in my first service job. I mean, I was, like, 18 or 19 when I started, um, which I consider a kid. <laughs> Technically, I was an adult. But, like, well, you have so much more of like an good. appreciation for it if you have worked in a service-related job before. Um, yeah. Other ones, I'm just like, oof, Like, anytime we go anywhere now, we all, well at that time it's not like I'd been a whole lot of places by myself at 19 but nowadays like me and my, my husband is still in a service job we like we tip everywhere we go because yeah. it's like you know we've experienced that our job relying on you know our livelihood relying on tips so yeah it's no, and I tell my daughter that too I'm like she's eight right now but I'm like <laughs> I think it's important that you work in my husband worked in a grocery store for a long time he's worked in food for a long time now and I'm like I think it's important that Everyone should work in one of those two locations at some time in their life. Some Mm grocery Doesn't have to be for a long time, but long enough to where you experience what a service-related job is like. So you're a decent human being towards other service
1: people. (laughs) A hundred percent. I'm, like, a big advocate. Like, when my kids, you know get well even now i mean my kids are seven and five um soon to be six and eight. Oh, but uh <laughs> they need to stop growing but yes um i'm pretty big on like you know teaching them that they have to work for things that Mm -hmm. like nothing you know nothing is free so when they become you know teenagers or whatever and they want like something expensive it's like okay well then you're gonna need to get a job because you're gonna have to pay for it. or you know you can do extra jobs around the house not including what you have to do just because you live here and you are supporting the house like you know there are also, yeah, so thanks. we
0: do an allowance. So, like, we do not pay for anything for her other than, like, clothes and food. Like, we pay right. for those. But if you want, like, a game or if you want a toy or if you want, like, something else beyond, like, a birthday or Christmas time, yeah. um, you have to pay for those out of your allowance. So she has, like, her like, things she has to get done, and she earns, like, so much a day if she's, like, done those things. We have a calendar up with, like, where I check mark or cross it off if she, like, didn't clean her room that day or whatever. Right. And so, like, she'll be like, which I saw that idea on TikTok, by the way, and she was like, oh, that's such a good idea. And then, like, literally the next month we started doing it, and she was like, I hate this. Can we go back to where, like, I just got free money? And I'm like, well, no, because the house was a
1: disaster. (laughs) So Well, that's kind of something we... Similar. So um, we have certain things that they have to do just because they live here. They don't mm-hmm. get paid for it. So, um, you know, putting their clothes in their laundry hamper, keeping the room tidy. But then there's like certain things that they can do around the house to earn money. Or for a while it was to earn to color a box because um, they were working up to buy a Nintendo Switch. Mm. So each box was worth like, I think, $5. So um, so it was like, okay, they were like, what can I do to earn a box today? And I was like, you know, okay, what do I think would be worth like $5, right? Like, right. Or, or if I picked like a really big thing, I'd be like, you can color two or three boxes, right? Like, right. you know, just kind of trying to keep it fairly fair. And it worked really well. And I think like, you know, it, it helped teach them that like, You know, it wasn't for free. Um, We do occasionally buy, like, certain things, maybe, like, for the family um, that, you know, like, we buy, like, amusement park passes for the year. Mm -hmm. Um, Those kinds of things. But then we also tell them, like, or remind them, I guess, you're lucky to have something like this. And, you know, don't brag about this because not everybody can afford this. Heck, we can barely afford it. We just like to... (laughs) we're more experienced people than like physical like items so we yeah. like to do things with our kids which is why we've done like those passes and stuff for the year mm-hmm. but um but yeah it's like kids need to know the value of a dollar and um because i think some kids are never taught that and i hope to teach my kids that and um you know, they'll probably work at a grocery store because that's usually where most kids in our town work. Yeah. Like either, you know, Walmart or a lot of times like Sobies is our grocery store here. So they'll work there and, you know, either rent a till or beg some groceries. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Or work in a restaurant doing the dishes or like yeah. <laughs> waiting tables. Yeah, there's,
1: exactly. There's,
0: there's always something, um... And that also like the fact that you're like, you know, an author like in, in ours, too. I'm like in my house, it was like or like growing up, it was like you need to go to college for whatever purpose. Well, I dropped out after a year and a half, so I didn't get a degree. So I'm like, I don't care if you go to college, but like whatever job it is that you want to do, if that requires college, you have to go to college like, yeah. <laughs> if you want to. I don't know. I have no idea. If you want to be a vet, you have to go to school to be a vet. You can't just like be a vet. No, (laughs) It's like if you decide that you don't want to go to school, like I am still paying on my student loans 10 years later. I'm like, I would not like, no, don't
1: (laughs) don't do it just
0: because.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm the same way. Like if you yeah, if like say you want to be a doctor, then obviously you gotta to go to school. A lot, and, school. Um, a lot of school. A lot of school. A lot of school. And you know, the money that we've been putting away for our kids probably is not going to pay for all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so we'll pay a bit, but the rest you're gonna have to get loans for probably if you're gonna be a doctor. Um, yeah. but but like other things, um, like yeah, if, like you have to go to school for like what you want, and that's really what you want, then do it. But if you don't know what you wanna be, don't go to school just because like I'm
0: I've seen Or you could so go many... to like community college and spend a whole yeah. lot less money while you think about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. But like even like, you know, taking like a gap year to figure out what you need and like saving mm-hmm. up more money or whatever, that's great. I never went to college. Um I did take some courses to do like a few things. Like I'm a certified makeup artist. Um but I'm also no longer doing that. So I mean <laughs> you write books now. So... <laughs> I write books now. Um I'm also a certified event planner. I don't I've never planned an event. Um except like that, birthday parties. I uh, would help
0: <laughs> you with like book events though.
1: <laughs> I would think I... <laughs> That's if I ever get to book events. I mean, I could plan my own, but then, like, who's going to come to these? And I also realized after I did it, I don't really like planning events. I thought I did. I did.
0: I went to school for high school English deaf student education. And I'm like, I would have gone crazy teaching high school students. Why on earth did I do that?
1: I, I don't wanted know- to go to school to be a teacher. Um, But I learned in high school because I did like um, work experience Mm -hmm. in a classroom and I learned real quick that I don't think I could be a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you
0: so much for your time today and have a good rest of your Saturday. I got to go get some lunch really quick. So (laughs) yes, have a good day. You have a good day, too. Bye. Bye. Laura liked Little Red Riding Hood growing up. And still likes it today. Little Red Riding Hood is a European fairy tale about a young girl and a sly wolf. Its origins can be traced back to several pre-17th century European folktales. The two best-known versions were written by Charles Perrault and the Brothers Grimm. The story has been changed considerably in various retellings and subjected to numerous modern adaptations and readings. Other names for the story are Little Red Cap, or simply Red Riding Hood. It is number 333 in the Arne Thompson classification system for folk tales. Today we'll be reading The Wolf and the Seven Little Kids, another grim fairy tale. Don't forget we're reading Les Mortes d'Arthur, the story of King Arthur and of his noble knights of the Round Table on our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. The Wolf and the Seven Little Kids. There was once upon a time an old goat who had seven little kids and loved them with all the love of a mother for her children. One day she wanted to go into the forest and fetch some food. So she called all seven to her and said, "'Dear children, I have to go into the forest. Be on your guard against the wolf. If he comes in, he will devour you all. Skin, hair, and everything.' The wretch often disguises himself, but you'll know him at once by his rough voice and his black feet. The kid said, Dear mother, we will take good care of ourselves. You may go away without any anxiety. Then the old one bleated and went on her way with an easy mind. It was not long before someone knocked at the house door and called. Open the door, dear children. Your mother is here and has brought something back with her for each of you. But the little kids knew that it was the wolf by the rough voice. "'We will not open the door,' cried they. "'You are not our mother. She has a soft, pleasant voice. But your voice is rough. You are the wolf!' Then the wolf went away to a shopkeeper and bought himself a great lump of chalk, ate this and made his voice soft with it. Then he came back, knocked at the door of the house and called, "'Open the door, dear, dear children.' Your mother is here and has brought something back with her for each of you. But the wolf had laid his black paws against the window, and the children saw them and cried, "We will not open the door. Our mother has not black feet like you. You are the wolf. Then the wolf ran to a baker and said, I have hurt my feet. Rub some dough over them for me. And when the baker had rubbed his feet over, he ran to the miller and said, strew some white meal over my feet for me. The miller thought to himself, the wolf wants to deceive someone, and refused. But the wolf said, if you will not do it, I will devour you. And the miller was afraid and made his paws white for him. Truly, this is the way of mankind. So now the wretch went for the third time to the house door, knocked at it and said, "'Open the door for me, children. "'Your dear little mother has come home "'and has brought every one of you "'something back from the forest with her.' "'The little kids cried. First, show us your paws "'that we may know you are our dear little mother.' "'Then he put his paws in through the window. "'And when the kids saw that they were white, "'they believed that all he said was true "'and opened the door. "'But who should come in but the wolf? "'They were terrified and wanted to hide themselves.' One sprang under the table, the second into the bed, the third into the stove, the fourth into the kitchen, the fifth into the cupboard, the sixth under the washing bowl, and the seventh into the clock case. But the wolf found them all and used no great ceremony. One after the other, he swallowed them down his throat. The youngest, who was in the clock case, was the only one he did not find. When the wolf had satisfied his appetite... He took himself off, laid himself down under a tree in the green meadow outside, and began to sleep. Soon afterwards, the old goat came home again from the forest. What a sight she saw there. The house door stood wide open. The table, chairs, and benches were thrown down. The washing bowl lay broken to pieces, and the quilts and pillows were pulled off the bed. She sought her children, but they were nowhere to be found. She called them one after another by name, but no one answered. At last, when she came to the youngest, a soft voice cried, "'Dear mother, I'm in the clock case.' She took the kid out, and it told her that the wolf had come and eaten all the others. Then you may imagine how she wept over her poor children. At length in her grief, she went out, and the youngest kid ran with her. When they came to the meadow. There lay the wolf by the tree and snored so loud that the branches shook. She looked at him on every side and saw that something was moving and struggling in his gorged belly. Ah, heavens, she said, is it possible that my poor children, whom he has swallowed down for his supper, can still be alive? Then the kid had to run home and fetch scissors and a needle and thread, and the goat cut open the monster's stomach, and hardly had she made one cut. Then one little kid thrust its head out, and when she had cut farther, all six sprang out one after another, and were all still alive and had suffered no injury whatever. For in his greediness, the monster had swallowed them down whole. What rejoicing there was. They embraced their dear mother and jumped like a tailor at his wedding. The mother, however, said... Now go and look for some big stones, and we will fill the wicked beast's stomach with them while he's still asleep. And the seven kids dragged the stones thither with all speed and put as many of them into his stomach as they could get in. And the mother sewed him up again in the greatest haste, so that he was not aware of anything and never once stirred. When the wolf at length had had his fill of sleep, he got on his legs, and as the stones in his stomach made him very thirsty... He wanted to go to a well to drink. But when he began to walk and to move about, the stones in his stomach knocked against each other and rattled. Then cried he, What rumbles and tumbles against my poor bones. I thought t'was six kids, but it feels like big stones. And when he got to the well and stooped over the water to drink, the heavy stones made him fall in. And he drowned miserably. When the seven kids saw that, they came running to the spot and cried aloud, the wolf is dead, the wolf is dead, and danced for joy round about the well with their mother. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week for Morgan's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands, and to hear one of her favorite fairy tales.